Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. But the basis for our message is the gospel lesson, especially the second half, where we have three prospective people coming to Jesus, or Jesus coming to them, to make them followers of his own. So Sven and Lena went to the courthouse to fill out the marriage license. They're finally going to get married. And so Sven's filling it out, and he's putting in the names and everything. And he comes to a place in which there's a blank line next to the word marriage. And so Sven puts in there first. Lena looks at it, takes the pen from him, crosses out the first, and puts last. <laughs> she understands marriage, right? The idea that it is a commitment, a commitment for life. And that's what God calls from us in, in many different areas in life, to, to have a commitment, to, to, a commitment to the end. And we're reminded of that today in Jesus' gospel, the gospel. And, it, and it's really a commitment of his calling. You have been called to follow Christ. What does that mean? What kind of commitment is that? Well, when we see that interaction between Jesus and those prospective disciples, we're reminded that this commitment is truly a strong commitment. It, it is indeed a commitment without compromise. It is a commitment without um, condition. And it's also a commitment to an uncomfortable life. And we need to recognize that and realize that. And I think sometimes we lose sight of that. And so we're going to go back over what Jesus says to these three men and see how, how we are to live our life, what our commitment to the Lord is to look like. And so we go back to verse 57, and he says, And as they were going down the road, someone said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, Foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, and the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So it's interesting. Someone comes to Jesus to be a follower. He's attracted to the faith. And we're not sure why, but, but he's coming. And, and he says that, that he wants to follow. And it seems like a sincere commitment, right? He says, I will follow you wherever you go. It, it, it seems like it's coming from the heart. So if you didn't know what came next, what would you expect our Lord to say? Come along, right? That, that's kind of what you would expect. Yes, you're welcome. Come. But that's not what Jesus says. Jesus sets before him the difficulty of the commitment. He, isn't he really saying, before you make this commitment, understand what this is going to evolve and what this is going to entail. I mentioned earlier, we don't know why this man was drawn to Jesus. But it is interesting in the context of today's gospel lesson that if you look at the previous chapters, there's some important things that take place. Jesus raises Jairus' daughter from the dead. He feeds the 5,000 with a few loaves and fishes. He drives out a demon. Some pretty powerful miracles that Jesus puts on display. And we're told that after he does these things, that the word is spread. So most likely this man is coming because he's heard of these powerful things. And it sounds like a very triumphant ministry that Jesus is beginning, right? But Jesus is making clear that his ministry Following him is not something of triumph, but it is at times something of difficulty. And it's fascinating the way that he phrases this, right? Foxes have holes and birds of the nest, birds of the air have nests. Foxes are part of nature. Birds are part of nature. They have homes in nature. They're, they're, they're part of the created world and, and that creation. They have a home and they have a place. But then he says, the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. 
Isn't he then saying that he has no place in this world? Because he's not truly part of this world in a certain sense. And what he's really saying, to follow Christ, is to realize that when we do so, there's no comfortable place for us in this world. There really is no place for us to go where we truly, truly belong, unqualified. We look for lots of places. We, we think we fit in many places. But in the end, do we? We like to fit in politically, right? We like to find others with like minds politically. But have you found a party or a place that really teaches and promotes everything of the Christian life? There are compromises all over the place. And whatever party says, and seemingly whatever politician says, there's nothing that, that, that is uniform, is it? That, that really is the home for a Christian? We really have a tough job finding a home. Think about the workplace. Do you really find a place where you can work where, where there is no compromise? That you're completely comfortable with everybody that you're working with and, and everything that's going on? And you know I'm a big sports fan, right? So you can find home in sports. Well, can you? There, you look at all the money that is involved. When you look at uh, the things that go on with it, there, there are things that, that make you uncomfortable with the activities of, of the, the athletes and the fans and other things that are promoted. Can you really swallow everything 100%? And so you think, well, well the family, that's a place where I'm completely at home. Well, yes. But not always. Is everyone in part of your family a Christian living out a Christian life? Acting in a Christian way? Are you ever challenged about living out your faith even amongst those that you love? See, our Lord, we, we've all had these experiences, right? Where, where are we truly feel at home? And the Lord tell, points out today, why? We don't have a home in this place. And to follow Christ is indeed to, in many ways, have an uncomfortable life. Because we're never really, truly part of the world around us. But it goes on. To another, Jesus says, follow me. But he said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. So this time, it's Jesus who offers the invitation. He says, you come, follow me. And the man seems to have a reasonable request. Let me bury my father. But understand, his father really hasn't passed away. If his father was really dead, would he be along the side of the road where Jesus would come, say, come follow him? That, that phrase, bury my father, is really a phrase that gives reference to a son fulfilling the cultural expectations of his family. That, that he's to remain with his parents until they die, and his, he's the responsibility toward them. And so what he's saying to Jesus is that once I've filled my family responsibility, once I've filled my cultural responsibility, then I'll follow you. Well, Jesus' answer is quite clear. To follow Christ supersedes all cultural and family demands that are placed on the follower of Christ. The idea of let the dead bury their dread, Jesus is saying, calling upon this man to abandon the culture that he finds himself in to leave it behind. And that's our problem. We live in the midst of cultures that have demands upon us, about expectations. 
and those demands and expectations that the workplace can place upon us, that society can place upon us, that family can place upon us, can come in conflict with what God calls upon us to do. And our Lord tells us that we are to abandon those cultural responsibilities. That, that nothing supersedes the calling of God to follow him and to follow him alone. But understand, to do so can bring a heavy price. To go against culture, to go against family, to go against the things of this world brings ridicule, mocking, anger. But that's just the beginning. Truly follow into it means that sometimes to be ostracized, to be set aside, to be set out. And, and to be ostracized, to be put out, brings its own problems, does it not? Struggles with loneliness can lead to despair. Begin to question whether you're doing the right thing. It, it can bring all these things to mind. It is difficult to be an outsider. And yet, our Lord doesn't call us just to an un uncomfortable calling. He calls us to, to abandon the culture at times. To leave it behind. But then we come to the third one. Yet another said, I will follow you, Lord, but let me first say farewell to those at my home. He said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. Here we have someone else who comes to follow. But notice how he phrases this. I will follow you, but. Huge word there, right? It immediately puts a condition on the following. I will follow you, but you've got to meet my condition. And at first it seems like a reasonable condition. Let me go back and say goodbye to my family. That's what Elisha did in the Old Testament lesson. But again, he was asking for more than that. When he says, let me go, by, go back to my family and say goodbye to them, he's really saying, let me go back and get my family's approval. In essence, he's saying, I will follow you as long as I am approved to do this by those whom I love. Places a condition on the problem. And again, that's really at the heart of our struggle at times. We do really want to follow the Lord. But don't we want to follow it according to our terms? I'll follow you, Lord, but let me do this. We want to give up things. We know we have to give up things. But there's certain things we don't want to give up. And our sinful nature doesn't want to give up our sins and, and the sins that really we struggle with, our, our pet sins. But the calling of our Lord really is to put everything in behind and to follow Him. When we listen to Jesus and His words, I don't know about you, but I'm looking and thinking, well, what do I do? How can I respond? Well, well how did the three do in the text. Luke doesn't tell us. Isn't it striking that Luke has these three people who are either asked or asked to be a follower of Christ, and Luke doesn't tell us one of them what they did. Did two follow, one not? Did none of them follow? Do all of them follow? We don't know. But isn't Luke being intentional there? It's obvious what he's doing, isn't it? The challenge is you. What are you going to do? Knowing full well what your calling is as a child of God, baptized by the Lord, that, that the calling to follow Him is uncomfortable, to abandon your culture, and is unconditional, how are you going to respond? This is where the difficulty is, right? How can I respond? I, I can't do that. The key is, 
to look at the calling of our Lord. Our Lord had a calling. And we are told within the scriptures that he did put his hand to the plow and did not look back. He did give up everything. Everything is God. He, he set aside the, the divinity, the power, the glory, the, the honor of being the second person of the Trinity to take on flesh. And then, as, as a human being, he gave up absolutely everything, even the point of giving up his life. He accepted the calling and gave it all so that you would be forgiven and so that you would have the opportunity to have eternal life. He didn't put any conditions on it, and he accepted the difficulty that came with it, even to the point of allowing him to suffer and to die. Again, all with the idea that you would be forgiven and give you the ability to follow him. Because ultimately your calling is simply to follow the Lord. To follow Him. To go after Him. And to go wherever He leads you. And to place your trust in Him. And to focus on Him. Because as you're focused on Him, you know that you are forgiven and you are loved. He's the one that has called you. He knows your struggles. He, he knows how difficult it is. He knows what, what you're going through. And yet He's called you. Follow Him. And I love that image of don't looking back, of not looking back. Now I love it even more. I'll never forget that. The, the idea that, that there are things that we so often want to bring with us. And the Lord says, don't look back. It's been forgiven. It's been taken care of. It's in the past. Focus on me and follow me. And that's what our Lord does. He draws our attention on Him and His wonderful love for us. And as we do that, the Lord nourishes us. He feeds us. He strengthens us so that we can indeed follow Him. And as we focus on Him, those other things fall in place. As we focus on Him, we will follow His commands and we will follow Him rather than what the world says. As we focus on Him, we're not going to worry about what the world thinks about us. As we follow Him, we know what it is that we are to say and what we are to do and how we are to live our lives. It's all about focusing on Him, His love for us, and the salvation that He has brought. Again, the Lord has called you to a commitment. A commitment that is at times uncomfortable, uncompromising, and unconditional. It's not a calling that you can fulfill in your calling. But keep in mind, our Lord speaks about this calling in another way, in another place. He says, take upon yourself His yoke. Because His yoke is light. His yoke is easy. And it's light and easy because he's the one that carries it. He carries you in your calling. He brings you along. And he does so because he loves you. And he carries you along now and he'll carry you 